0: I'm <laughs> sorry. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us on localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma. This is Employment Notebook, a podcast that examines the important aspects of success in the workplace from top to bottom. Now, this episode, we're going to focus on hiring and what it takes to really pick out the best talent, particularly effective strategies in pre-employment screening processes. To help us dig a little deeper, we have Jennifer Nichols on the phone from Middleton, Wisconsin. Jennifer is a human resources manager with West Corporation. Thanks for coming on the show today, Jenny. Jenny. Thanks, Tim. Before we jump into the the meat of the topic, really always like to give our listeners an idea of where our guests are coming from and just give you an opportunity to uh, describe your professional experience a little bit.
1: Sure. Um, Well, Tim, I've been with West uh, just over five years now and I manage the HR department here in Middleton and then previously in central Wisconsin. I oversee all the recruitment and selection processes for West and just ensure the compliance uh, with our affirmative action and equal opportunity. Um, prior to us, though, I owned and operated my own small business. It was a wholesale manufacturing company. So I, of course, am able to speak to both sides, the corporate environment, as well as the small business side of things.
0: Great. Yeah, that's definitely uh, perfect to have that sort of experience, that perspective, as you mentioned. Um, we're talking about pre-employment screening. It's obviously an important part of the hiring process and what you're trying to do when you're looking into uh, the talent sector. I guess if you had to put a definition to this part of, of this whole process, how would you define pre-employment screening?
1: You know, I think pre-employment screening has that stigma um, back from it's just a drug screen. Take a drug screen and (laughs) and you can pass that. You can come work. Or, you know, as long as you're not, um, you know, worn in prison yesterday, you can come work. But it really is a lot more than that. Um, I think it's morphed more into kind of a profile compatibility fit. And what I mean by that is that now employers are really trying to identify what skill sets are necessary to have in place to do the job that they're hiring for Mm -hmm. and which ones they can coach on and really what defines success within that role and formulate a hiring profile that matches those top performers in those different areas. And in screening applicants, you're not only looking, can they pass the drug screening, can they pass a criminal conviction background, but can they do the job and can they do it well? So ideally, you know, that allows employers to avoid those h- obvious hiring mistakes because it does cost money to hire and to fire employees, and it accelerates the hiring process by being able to interview the most qualified candidates. And an aspect gives hiring managers the tools to make that right decision on the first run.
0: Do you think the whole process has been developed well over the last few years? You think it's been a, a process that you know, employers have been able to be more effective in, in their screening processes?
1: I really do. I think you know. Um, you know they talk a lot about the talent gap, but I think you know from 20 years ago to today, employers are continually defining what is success within the company, within human resources, within each particular job, and human resources staff are, are continually having to drive um, that next result and really become that strategic business partner, rather than a support group for the organization. So that forces that department, that individual, to really raise the bar. And then again, they're also looking for the, the higher quality talent. They want that emerging ta- emerging talent that's that's in the market, and they want to get the most qualified individuals.
0: Well, it makes perfect sense, and uh, clearly technology plays a role with all of this in the previous in the past twenty years. And um, maybe it's an easy place to start. Maybe it's a cheap place to start. But the idea of checking for a candidate's online presence. That's something that comes up all the time now, and it's something that it's, would seemingly be easy to check on. What's your initial thought on this aspect of screening, just the online presence and what you can find out there?
1: Yeah, you know, it's a good point. And, and I think some employers are split 50-50. Um, I personally look at risk. Mm-hmm. When you start making hiring decisions on things other than can a candidate do the job, you start to open yourself up as a company to risk, to making hiring decision based on what religious organization are they part of what what's their political views when really that has you know zero relevance to whether or not that person's a good fit for that job sure. so we prefer to keep that risk outside and really just look at that profile of what we need from a candidate and does that person need it? And we really don't go outside of that to find the right person.
0: So you guys personally don't really go to check online and see what sort of presence out there, whether it be professional, personal, for the most part, you stay away from that and and focus on other aspects?
1: Yep, absolutely. We do not go outside of the, um, you know, we do have a third-party verifier that does our background checks, but that's it. We really want to just keep our risk minimal.
0: Sure. Let's throw it out for a hypothetical then. You're online, somebody else is online, and they do stumble across, hey, I, we just saw this candidate. Maybe it is some sort of personal you know, picture or something to that effect. How would you then utilize that? How would you ignore that? How does that play a factor? I don't know if that's ever actually happened to you specifically. What, what do you think it, the process would be if something like that were to happen?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it can happen here and there. I mean, Facebook, we're in the world of Facebook and Twitter and and Pinterest and everything else. And, you know, individuals, they like certain Facebook pages or they become friends. We use the social media aspect more of a, a tool of communication to talk about the openings that we have so that more individuals are aware of it. But When somebody says, oh, you know, uh, they may respond and they want to find out more, that's as far as it goes. Um, They still have to go through our online system of applications to be considered an applicant.
0: Oh, that makes sense. And I think it is interesting how different organizations will um, either use the social media side of things maybe to weed out candidates. And um, I think it's interesting to hear that you guys sort of try to stay away from that as much as you can. Then a more traditional method obviously involves checking references, uh, you know, maybe speaking with individuals. What to you are the key points of discussion when maybe you're talking to a a reference or you're speaking to somebody that may have referred a candidate? What are those important aspects?
1: Sure. I mean, from a a work reference, um, the first things we kind of want to identify are how did that employment end? You know, Mm. if it's still going on or was it a termination? Was it a resignation? Right. Um, You know, would they rehire them? I think that also speaks volumes. Um, And what was their attendance like? Now... You know a lot of employers such as ourselves, we will give you the facts and only the facts. Um we aren't going to give any personal opinions or any um you know it's got to be objective and and to the point um because again, there's risk there when you start giving you know personal anecdotes about a, an employee that you're maybe uh, were called for a reference on right um, you know, and then we use that information more so does it match what the candidate told us. you hmm. know if the company's telling us they were terminated, yet the employees tell you the uh, potential employees tell me that they resigned I got a red flag there and I need to look into that a little bit further.
0: When it comes to checking on the references, what's the order of how things happen? I mean, for myself, I know references have been checked on me prior to an interview. Other colleagues said it was an interview and then references were checked. Do you mix it up? Do you have a certain way you like to do it? How does that all work for you?
1: Currently at West, what we do is after the interview, when we're ready to make an offer, Mm. then we're going to check your reference. Okay. Um, Just from an efficiency perspective, if you start checking references on everybody that's even in your pool, you know, you you could be doing that for a day before you actually get people in the door to start interviewing. So in in, in an efficiency perspective, when we know we've got the right person, then we're going to reach out and check references and kind of that last-minute check just to make sure everything falls in line.
0: Right. So as you know, I'm sure it's, it's often suggesting that job seekers do speak with their references ahead of time and sort of coach them up a little bit. You know, this is what I'd like you to say. This is what I want you to focus on. Do you have any advice to the employers out there hiring personnel who maybe try to break through that setup a little bit, get some real answers, or is that important to you? How would you, uh, how would you approach that?
1: Sure. I mean, I think what you need to do is get them talking. You need to ask open-ended questions where they're starting to give information. Uh, A lot of times what will happen is they'll end up giving information they didn't intend to, Mm. uh, and then you again can probe, you know, even further, or, you know, really focus on the relationship that that person indicated. Was this a former supervisor or coworker? Ask the hard question of, oh, I've heard all of the great things that you've mentioned about this individual. What are some areas of opportunity do you see for them? And a lot of times it's a very hard question because they don't want to give the wrong answer.
0: Mm. How often have you come across where maybe you've spoken with a reference and something didn't match up or they said something that put up a red flag or you sort of changed your mind or maybe had to bring that candidate back in to discuss it? And does that happen a lot or can you can you give us any specifics of maybe uh, one time it did happen?
1: Sure. Um, You know, what we actually run into more often than not is that a work related reference won't get any information. Oh. Um, that's probably the most common thing okay. that we run into. I have had it uh, very few times and I will say probably just a handful of times where the reference, when he called them, uh, the individual wasn't aware that they were a reference.
0: Oh. So that
1: already peaked an irritation level <laughs> sure. with them. Yeah. So the next thing you've got is all the information you need laid out in front of you <laughs> because they're, they're willing to just put it all out there. So I think, you know, from a, from a job seeker perspective they want to make sure that they have those um, references aware that they're using them and ask permission. Uh, But those are kind of the cases that I found where they weren't aware and then they were more than willing to share any information they wanted. But it's really very few.
0: Sure. Well, that's great advice there for our job seekers that at the very least, make sure they know that they are going to be a reference because it's probably going to cost you otherwise. And the reason I brought that up actually was, and I think I'd mentioned this in sort of the stuff I had sent you earlier, was I had a guest earlier this year whose services included giving references for employees, um, you know, maybe they had a, a falling out at their previous employer, so they didn't want to use them as a reference. So they'd actually create this whole company and they'd, they'd have a fake reference, essentially. What tips would you offer to the hiring personnel out there to make sure that you are talking to a legitimate company, a legitimate person? Do you have any sort of checks to, to be able to make sure that's all on the up and up?
1: One, you know, good rule of thumb is to always make sure you ask for three or more because okay. it's very easy to give one or two individuals and, and say even one of them is, is not accurate or, or made up such as you kind of were talking about just recently here. You know, if you've got three and, and you try to make them work related and they can't be from the same company, um, that's going to give you some bandwidth to be able to find at least something that you can build value on from a, a reference perspective.
0: Sure. How about I mean you know you have an individual who's currently working at a place of employment and they don't want that employer to know they're looking and that they're actually involved in this process for obvious reasons what do you suggest there I mean yes you can you possibly have previous employers that you could you can lean on but maybe you don't maybe it was your first job you were there for a while what is that balance like of I don't know sort of a camaraderie between the the two employers I'm sure you don't want to step on any toes you don't want to get anybody in trouble necessarily uh, how do you sort of delicately balance all of that
1: you know, that's a good question because, you know, here in the Madison um, labor market, it's competitive. Right. We have very low unemployment rate. So those candidates are interviewing us as employers just as much as we're interviewing them. Hmm. From a respect perspective, if they tell us that they don't want their current employer contacted, we don't. Okay. Um, because, you know, should you do it? And of course, you probably get a, a, a raving review because they're currently employed. You know, what did you just do? That's going to get back to the employee. They either could, you know start feeling a little retaliation of some sort or, or just some you know, irritation towards, the, towards us. And we certainly don't want to start out uh, a new relationship with an employee with that on the shoulder. So if they ask us um, not to contact a current employee or employer, we don't.
0: Sure. Now, we were talking about references, and as you mentioned, most of the time you're going to check the references after the interview, just especially for efficiency's sake. But if we focus on uh, into that interview process, which obviously is, is very much a key for the job seeker and the employer to, to figure out, is this the person we want? When you're speaking with a candidate, when you're interviewing him or her, what really is your main goal when you're sitting down across from them?
1: You know, when they're sitting across from, from me, I really want to identify a couple things. Number one, can they do this job? if they can't do the job, everything else is irrelevant. Hmm. Number two is, what's the motive to do this job for them? You know, are they motivated by money? Um, you know, why are they looking? What's the, the long-term goal here? Because turnover costs money, costs organizations thousands of dollars a year, a month, a day. So you really want to identify, can they do it, and are they going to stay? You know, is this a place based on the culture the talent, you know, that we have to offer, are they going to find this rewarding? So those are the two areas that I'm looking for when I'm sitting across from somebody.
0: Well, it's interesting you brought up the idea of, you know, maybe you're checking for that commitment level. Of why are they interested in this? Uh, I guess what what value is there really on gauging? I mean, if they're in it for the money or if they're if they just love the company, I guess what value do you put on sort of these different reasons they might be motivated?
1: You know, and that's a good question, because there's there's flip sides to both. Um, from a money perspective, maybe you're paying more than their current employer, and that's the driving factor. But the reality is somebody else is paying more than you, mm. right? So in a, in six months, are we going to be going through the same situation where we're replacing them because somebody else, they found another, you know, employer that was going to pay them a couple more bucks. And from a, a, a love the company perspective, um, you know, that's great for tenure and for retaining them. But Do you want to retain? What if their performance level is low? You know, now we have mediocre employees that love the company that don't ever want to leave, right? And that's (laughs) not helping drive performance for an organization.
0: Right. What are some ways you're able to find out? I mean, you can't clearly come out and just directly ask questions that would lean to that necessarily, but are there different questions you can utilize to find out, okay, what reason are they here for? What are their motivations?
1: Sure. I think the first, um, and this is pretty common practice, I would say for employers, is to actually walk through the resume.
0: You know, oh, okay. not
1: only what did you do at that at that company, but why did you leave? Mm-hmm. You know, what did you find at the next job? Um, you know, what was your reason for taking that next opportunity? And, you know, when you start seeing a pattern of more money, um, didn't get along with my manager, you know, those type of things, red flags should start coming up, you know. Right. And then you should really be able to have that conversation of, you know, what do you think Wes is, or, or this employer is going to offer you um, that's different than what you've had in the past? Um, So being able to really identify why they've left in the past, um, using those behavioral-based kind of questions and and kind of walking through real items that have taken place in their professional career to help establish what their motives are going to be in the future.
0: Sure. How about the reactions that uh, they might have? Maybe their tone or their body language versus what they're saying and maybe the maybe the person doing the interview brings something up and, and the candidate reacts in a certain way. Is, is there a lot of emphasis, a lot of value placed on what those reactions are like?
1: I think there's some value, definitely. You know, I think if you start talking about the... um the day-to-day in and outs of a position and their eyes get really wide and they turn kind of white (laughs) that, you know, um, it's probably not the right job for them or their hands are, you know, just sweating as they're hearing all of the different functions they're going to have to do during the course of the day, you know, but I still think that that firm handshake when you first meet Mm -hmm. and and that eye contact, they're, they're crucial. It's saying to the employer, I'm interested you know, I want to hear what you have to say. I'm committed. You know, I think there is something to say about the folks that are across from you in an interview, um, and they're slouched in their chair, they're wiggling, um, they're looking at out the window instead of, you know, and you're having to repeat questions. It just shows, uh, you know, an interest level that's not as high as the others. And at the end of the day, it really just hurts your job seeker, because you're going to find folks that are interested and do want to do the job. And they just took themselves out of the running.
0: I think that's terrific to hear from both sides of the table in terms of paying attention to all that stuff, whether you are the job seeker, or you are looking to hire someone, all that can play a factor in, in who you select and who you might think would be the best fit. So I definitely appreciate that insight there. How about some of the more common mistakes people might make when they are screening some potential employees during any part of the process? What do you think um, are some of those, those errors that uh, an employer hiring personnel might make?
1: You know, I think one of the probably the most common errors is going off of a, a position title at a previous Um, employer for a candidate you know they're looking to hire this and they see that they've worked at at this company in this role therefore they must be great at these items so assuming that just because someone's had that position and assuming they did it really really well can really play off on a risk factor for you because um, you know a certain position can be called you know like HR manager Um, I do something very different than some of my other counterparts within my own company so assuming that because they've had a position that they're going to be great at X Y and Z can really you know lead to some downfalls from a hiring perspective you gotta really dig into what they've done in the past what job duties they've had at those different positions to identify if they have experience also, if they've done it for 20 years, a lot has changed. Mm. You know, are they tired of it? Have we hit kind of the the brick wall of I need something different now? So you really have to be able to be careful of of that that assumption that goes along with the experience on a resume, and really be able to dig in more of a competency based and behavioral based during an interview process with employees. I
0: think it's a wonderful uh, perception on your part, the the idea of the the time that has elapsed and and what areas you should you know look out for there. I, I think that's a a great bit of advice there for our employers. We are getting a little low on time, so I wanted to give you, as we give all of our guests, the opportunity to, to give a takeaway to our listeners. We've been talking about a lot of different information. You've given us some nice perspectives and insight into this area. Uh, what would be your final message or piece of advice to the hiring personnel out there, um, just regarding this topic and, and any little, as I said, tips you could offer up?
1: Sure. I think, you know, that kind of where we're trending from a technology perspective and as we keep going further here is, you know, HR really needs to be that strategic business partner from an organizational standpoint. And you have to continue to to reevaluate what skill sets are necessary to do a specific job, and you have to continually raise the bar on what good performance looks like and what acceptable performance is and what traits do these candidates need to have in place, what can you coach, And what are deal breakers? Um, And be able to really identify those so that when you're hiring, you know exactly what you're looking for. It makes the process itself so much more efficient, and your talent that you get in the door is so much higher.
0: Perfect way to wrap up, I think. With that, we will finish here on Employment Notebook. We've been speaking with Jennifer Nichols, Human Resources Manager with West Corporation. Jennifer, again, we appreciate all your insight into this area and the idea of pre-employment screening. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Of course, if you, the listeners, have any comments, questions, or suggestions for any of our shows, just feel free to send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.